You're listening to episode 23 of the Divine Nobodies podcast. Hello, namaste friends, welcome, welcome. This is uh, Eric with the Divine Nobody's podcast. Once again, I'm joined by the lovely Jennifer Lynn. How you doing, Jen? I'm doing well. We're all doing as best as we can during this Mercury retrograde. Oh my God, it's been a hot one. Yeah, we're going to keep pushing through. For everybody that's listening, uh, you could also see the video version of the podcast. Uh, if you're more of a visual person, you can actually hop onto YouTube and uh, see the video of this podcast in its entirety. So... We have a really special guest in the studio with us today, Jen. We do. So we have Sophia Araya. Did I say that right? Yes. Yeah. Ooh, all right. She's an international spiritual life coach, um, a spiritual teacher, and a spiritual interior designer, which I've actually never heard of. So excited to hear about that. I've never heard of that either. Yeah. So she was born and raised in Chile, but currently lives in Los Angeles with her now husband. And um, they moved here to pursue their dreams about five years ago. So most of our work revolves around Akashic Records and how to incorporate those um, in uh, every area of practice. So she believes spirituality should be fun and doesn't need to be taken so seriously, which so do we. So. I love that in part, shouldn't be taken so seriously. Yeah. Because there's a lot of seriousness in this sort of field. Oh, for sure. You know? People are so intense. Yeah. 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 So intense. So Sophia, welcome. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. Really excited to talk to you guys. Yeah, we're really happy to have you here. There's a lot of ground to cover. You're yes. a really complex woman. You do a lot of different things. <laughs> yes. She also has a podcast too, so which we can um, probably touch on that a little later um, in the show. If you speak Spanish, because it's in Spanish. <laughs> it, it, yeah, you have to learn how to speak Spanish in order to be able to get in on that. But how hard could it be, Jen? It's pretty hard. You know, we're in the age of technology. I mean, back when we were younger, you'd have to do like a hooked on phonics sort of thing. I don't think you can do that now. <laughs> I think it's harder to learn a language as you get older. Really? Yeah. Because you're like set in your ways. Yeah. No, I, I just, like, I don't learn as quickly as I used to. I feel like if there's like a, a spiritual underpinning to your seeking, because a lot of that whole practice is about subtraction and all about sort of like unlearning, learned conditioned behavior. Mm-hmm. Yes. So I feel like if you're going to venture into that realm, it might be a little easier for you to pick up Spanish. Maybe. What do you think? <laughs> that makes sense because I translate a book. I have this book club version in my podcast. So sometimes yeah. I do, I translate these books because there's not a lot of spiritual books mm-hmm. in in Spanish. Yeah. So I, I translate this book and I've noticed that I do it while I'm reading it. So I've noticed that sometimes I kind of channel the words because I can't uh-huh. translate that that fast when I'm in normal life, you know? Wow. Yeah. yeah. So oh, I don't know. Cool. There might be something to what you just said. Yeah. yeah. I hope so. So I wanted to start this off. Um, I had gone on your Instagram. This is one of the ways that we had found you. And you talk about a lot of different things. <laughs> you um, practice the reading the Akashic Records. But this quote really actually stood out to me. And mm-hmm. I want to read it off for everybody that's listening to kind of just give you an idea of the type of work that she's into and the type of life that she leads. So it says, We are jumping timelines right now. We are leaving the old behind. This requires new levels of purging, breaking, shattering, opening. Let it happen. (laughs) I could feel it. I I wrote it and I was like, oh. (laughs) (laughs) And I kind of remember that. What does that quote mean to you when you say that? Yeah, so... 
you know, we're going in, we're in such a wonderful and, you know, weird time that we're living in. And in the Akashic Records, I'm, I'm always shown different timelines for different things, different, um, even past lives with different timelines, like this multidimensional universe. Mm -hmm. And right now, what I think we're leading up to in 2021, hopefully is choosing the timelines that we want to be in. But that means getting rid of the timelines that we need to just cut out of our life. Right. So I've been seeing that a lot. And actually I've been seeing, which is really interesting to me is I've been seeing a lot, and especially this week, is timelines getting cut off um, from past lives that just end. Like, wow. Yeah, I'd never seen that before. Yeah, mm. and for people that are listening, can you kind of just define what you mean by timelines when you say Yes, that? so it's a very, the way I see it in the Akashic Records is the way I can basically define it because it's mm -hmm. just like my understanding of it mm -hmm. but it's um like parallel universes yeah. mm -hmm. that you can kind of jump into one or the other but you have to align yourself with that because mm -hmm. we can co-create and align and that's what we're here to learn mm -hmm. so we get to decide what timeline we're going um yeah we get to decide what timeline we we are on but we have to work on the ones that we don't want yeah, yeah. So just like reminiscent of uh, the episode that we did prior to this one is um, about venturing in from the 3D into the 5D. Yes. Right? And uh, we kind of made a distinction between kind of how we see it, how I saw it in traditional Eastern spirituality, which is like you're, you're moving out of the ego and into awareness, mm -hmm. right? So I see kind of like shifting timelines is kind of uh, another way of doing that. Mm -hmm. It's like yes. instead of narrowing down your vision to all of the physiological sort of functions of the body that keep you bound to different types of pleasures and very limiting type of things, we're opening up more to a vaster space, right? Like a vaster space of awareness that is obviously, I feel like operating from that 5D. Exactly. Yeah. And you know? I know, don't know about you guys, but I've felt that so much, like the change. Mm -hmm. I feel different every day, mm -hmm. especially lately. It's just like, I don't know, there's a lot happening and we're definitely going into 5D. Yeah. At least I am. I don't yeah. know how you guys are feeling, but I'm like, there's something weird going on. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because there's like a collective, I mean, obviously we're all going through the quarantine together mm. and there are a lot of spiritual implications, especially for people that are practicing this type of work as healers. It yes. seems like there's more of more imperative for people like you or I and Jen to show up for that type of work because the energy is so intense. Mm -hmm. And we kind of look at it as like a collective dark night of the soul where usually in this work prior to quarantine, it was us individually kind of moving through that. But now it's almost like nature and the universe call banding together so that we could all collectively as humanity ascend forward. Yes. And that involves, I imagine, just getting rid of a lot of shadow stuff. Yes, <laughs> a lot. And like moving through that, right? Yeah, definitely. I've been yeah. doing that a lot with my clients. And even my country, Chile, is going through so much right now, this big awakening and everybody's texting me, like it's like destruction everywhere. And I'm like, oh, you know, it's what's supposed to happen. Like, yeah. I, yeah. I, think, I feel like we get to have a broader perspective of everything that's going on yeah. most of the time. And it's really nice. It's like, <laughs> For sure. It's like even that, how you say that this is supposed to happen, obviously that comes from... Uh, sort of brightened more uh, awareness, right? Yeah. Because you're mm -hmm. looking at it from the eternal spirit, right? You're looking at it as, well, you know, we can come here and do this a million times if we want to. And this is mm -hmm. just part of the curriculum mm -hmm. is how do we evolve? Yes. So we're not worried so much about physical death. We're more worried more about 
how can we develop spiritually yeah. like in this dimension, right? So how did you get into this work originally? Like as far as the, the Akashic records? Yeah, I want to hear about the first time. Yeah. The first time you got in and yeah. you're like, whoa. It was amazing. <laughs> <laughs> it was weird because, um, so I, I'm an interior designer by trade and I had an amazing job. And um, like it all started leading up to spirituality. So I started moving more into that and that's a longer story, but I had been doing energy healing and really doubting myself. I had learned all the tools and stuff and I was using it, but I still was a little bit, you know, I don't know if it, you know, I had doubts, which yeah. we all do. Yeah, yeah. am I doing uh, this right? Yeah. Sure. yeah, and it was like, oh, like I was visited by spirits and I was like, how am I gonna tell this person that I'm just seeing like their grandmother or whoever and I, would, I didn't fully trust it. And my teacher had told me that you can't access your Akashic records yourself, that you have to use what is called an Akashic records keeper, which is kind of like a guide who comes from the Akashic records and, and gives you information about, you know, in, from your Akashic records. And I thought that was just weird. Like I, and I love my teacher, but I was like, this doesn't make sense to me. Like yeah. it, it yeah. didn't, something in me resonated and it just kept showing up, showing up how it happens to everybody. Like you start listening to Akashic records all over the place and that's how you get pulled into it. And then the first time I went in, it just felt like home. It was totally different from the three months that I had been doing like every week for intuitive healing, which were amazing. But this was just like even next level. Mm -hmm. And um, at that point, I had been communicating with the grandfather of a friend like two weeks before that. And I, I grabbed this book and the book, I was like, he's showing me this book. He's showing me this book. And it said, trust your intuition. And I could read the title. I didn't, I could see, read it, not necessarily hear it. And that was weird for me. Cause I was like, why am I reading the message? And I noticed that they were trying to show me the message. So I wouldn't doubt listening to it in my own, you know, knowingness or just like yeah. listening to it in my mind. And when I went in the records, the same thing happened. Like I started seeing the, the letters and the words just spread out inside in the air. Like they were showing me all these things and it was much more visual than my normal experience. Oh, yeah. Okay. And it was really cool. When I went in, they were like changing the channels of a, of like a landscape and a window. And they were like, she likes the ocean. So let's put ocean. Like I could see them like <laughs> oh. setting the whole space up. Yeah. And I was like, wow, that's just home. I told, and I felt bad because I was like having this really intense experience next to the rest of the group. But uh -huh. then we practiced with other people and then I didn't get anything. So I was like, oh no, maybe this is, isn't for me, you know? So yeah. wow. it was a very interesting, amazing experience. H had you had any experience prior to that um, with any type of mediumship or anything that would imply or, or give you the impression that you would be driven towards this work? No, my, my aunt, who is in many ways, you know, she's very close to me. Yeah. She was told by this uh, psychic the year before that her daughter was going to be in the Akashic records. Like she had this uh, connection to the Akashic records and her daughter's like, so not into this. So I knew it was me, you know, yeah. I was like, Oh, okay. That's me. But I was like, that's, that just sounds so weird. But then it really, you know, after that, it just started popping up everywhere. And I was like, I'll just sign up, you know, like I just felt it. Yeah. But I've never had an Akashic records reading before. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Wow. I love that yeah. you approached it in a very practical way because I'm naturally a skeptical person when it comes to <laughs> pretty much everything, especially when it has a tinge of woo in there. You know? <laughs> but uh, I, I once I went into that and, and especially you noticed um, when we were talking earlier about like the doubts that you experience as a healer that, that give you this feeling of, okay, am I ready for this work? And I think of that 
uh, especially in my sound healing or even my Reiki practice as being obviously the greatest catalyst for people like us because it pushes us into these unknown realms and this like unknown territory. Yes. You know? So was there fear when you initially um, went into that? I mean, cause I imagine you enter and you can correct me if I'm wrong. It's, it's uh, is it something that is relative to how we would see maybe astral projection where you leave your body? Some people, some people do have that experience and I, I feel like I have it, but I just aren't, I'm not that aware of it mm -hmm. because I do feel like I go up to some place and that I'm seeing all these places and different landscapes and different guides. And it just doesn't feel like when I talk to my regular spirit guides that are closer to me down here on earth. So yeah. I do feel like you leave your body. And now that I'm working with a medium and she's training me more in mediumship outside of the Akashic Records, because yeah. I also do mediumship inside the Akashic Records, I notice how my body always, whenever we start, it just goes up because yeah. it's used to that. Right. So it was happening, but I didn't even, I wasn't aware of that. But I've never been afraid of that when I was little, I was afraid. And when I started knowing that, oh, nothing can really hurt you, you know, and getting into all that stuff, then I was fine. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So yeah. when you when you enter into this field, and I'm, I'm going, my, my experience with the Akashic Records is mm -hmm. through various types of meditation, and but also the work of Edgar Cayce, who is mm -hmm. the sleeping prophet. And we were talking before the podcast, he's probably one of the more prolific ones that kind of, kind of set the bar for our understanding of how that um, yes. work goes, right? And he used to go into these really deep sort of hypnotic states and he worked in a lot of, um, I, I would say like the medical field and how he would diagnose like patients with different illnesses and give them a sort of like curriculum to follow when it came to like diet and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So when you go there and you see these uh, galleries, like these, these archives, do the words that you see, are they something that you could read almost like an English language or does it come more of like a feeling? That you get yeah so now it has changed i think that first time they were there were they did that so i would be sure that i wasn't making it up it was like okay sophia like it's really time to start stop doubting yourself yeah. um but now sometimes i will see it kind of what you say i will be reading something but i will know the word or hear the word yeah. and i know that there's a word and i hear it and then it appears and something like that it always changes because everybody's records are different yeah. so it's always, it's always so different. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I do feel it. I do feel it. And I also, I was um, hearing, I also channel light language. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh, so yeah. I when do, I do, do that, that is, um, it's kind of like the same thing if you've done that, because you kind of hear these words that you don't know what you're talking about, right, but you kind right. of know what you're talking about. Sort yeah. of like you have the feeling of what you're talking yeah. about. Yeah. I, I see like, cause I, I do light language in my sound baths. Right. And I have an affinity yeah. more towards and uh, like Arcturus and Ar Arcturian sort of starseed type of um, like lineage. Yeah. And I've had my experience um, in contact with them through various types of plant medicine or like really, really deep hypnotic sort of samadhi type of meditations. Mm -hmm. And so um, I know what you mean when it comes to like how that message sort of like penetrates through your field, because I look at it almost like I would look at a mantra. Right, mm -hmm. the very sort of practical level mantras aren't really so much about what they mean. They're sort of like what they the the feeling that you get from them. So when yes. I'm getting that message kind of through me, and when I'm singing light language, it's in a. I mean, if you don't know what light language is, it sounds kind of out there. Yeah, right? <laughs> yeah. But there's just some there's some beauty. There's something to it that obviously when people hear it, it sets them into this space that you can't necessarily articulate with words, but it creates a, a feeling. It's amazing. The first time I heard light language was last 
New Year's Day, which, yeah. and I didn't even, you know, I, I didn't channel light language back then. And I was like, what is this? Like, yeah. this is something yeah. else. Yeah. Do you sing it or do you speak it? I, I sing it. It started after that, of course. Like, I feel like that was my activation. Mm. Um, when I do energy healing, I, I kind of sing like a sound bowl. So it's like, mm. Mm, you know, yeah. and it's so weird. It's like, like it's still wow. so weird for me. And then one day I just started feeling like I needed to talk. So I, I yeah. just started talking and sometimes depending on different, you know, clients I have, some of them are really weird. Like they're different languages. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Mm. It's yeah. interesting. Really interesting. <laughs> to say the least. Yeah. And I imagine like when you're channeling it, um, did it, did it evolve from, because when you, you channeled that, like the, the Akashic records, mm -hmm. so that sort of receptor in that um, channel is, I imagine the same in terms of like what you drop into in order to channel light language. Yeah. You know? So the way I feel it is um, I channel spirit guides all the time too. Mm -hmm. So I channel like what I call regular spirit guides. And then mm -hmm. they're the guides in their records who are a little bit out there, kind of like you would have to go to the records to talk to them most yeah. of the time. Um, so when I channel uh, light language, for me, what happens and how it started, now I do it in my sessions, but when uh -huh. I do it for me, I just get dizzy and I start feeling like this pull too. Yeah. Like it's happening, it's happening, you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I start getting really dizzy and it just like comes out. It just like I open my mouth and it starts wow. happening. Yeah. How cool! I, I went on your really cool. your Instagram, and you not not as you you channel. Uh, I imagine like uh, interpersonal sort of like connections with other people, but you also have some channeling from Jesus. Yeah. Whoa. <laughs> She's got. Yeah, she I channeled, know about this. She channeled some um, uh, some a Jesus type of energy in some of her writing on her Instagram. So yeah, you know, Ooh. and I've read it, and mm. it's really really powerful stuff. Wow. Right. So when you go into these spaces. Um, do you make the intention to kind of speak with these sort of ascended masters and then that energy sort of flows through you? No, no they that, pick you. Yeah. That day was, it was really weird because <laughs> yeah. I was brought up Catholic. Right. Mm -hmm. And then I was bullied a lot in, in the Catholic school that I was in. And I just like, you know, you know, all the shadow side of the Catholic, we could go on that forever. But yeah. I yeah. moved from that into a, a school that wasn't any specific religion. And then I forgot about it. That was seventh grade. And I just, you know, felt so much better there and kind of blame Catholicism for the way people were in the other school. That yeah. was, you know, me when I was little. Yeah. Um, but then I never really came back. And the fact that, you know, everybody was like, my fault, you know, there's like this prayer that says, it's my fault, it's my fault. That would drive me crazy when I was little. I was like, it's not your, your fault. fault. Like, why yeah. would it be your fault? You know? So I was like, really stirred away from that. But I always felt this connection to Mother Mary, you know, but Jesus, not, not that much. So when we started, this was quarantine, like, I think it was April and I was feeling like April 14th and 19th, you know, it was a really important date. I still don't know why, but I was getting like so much energy around that. And um, so one day I was in my records and I saw the statue of Jesus mm -hmm. and I was like, okay, like this is creepy, you know, cause it looked like an old statue in the church. Yeah. And I saw like somebody um, just hitting it with a bat and destroying it. And I was like, oh no, like what is happening? Is somebody like a psychic attack or something? Yeah. But yeah. it didn't feel bad. So I was like, what is this? Okay, like, you know, I'll check it. And I see Jesus and Jesus is there. He's like, He's the one destroying. He's, like beating it. Oh, I love he's that. the one wow. destroying the. Yeah. So I was like, "What is well, this?" Like you know, like, like I was like, "Excuse me, really, what are you doing?" 
<laughs> yeah, I was like, what are you doing? He's like, I don't want you to look for me in a church anymore. Oh. Like I don't, I'm in your hearts. I'm Christ consciousness. I'm in your heart. I don't want you to be looking at other people and thinking that you need to worship me. I'm the same. I'm the same as you and me and blah, blah, blah. Like all these, like this beautiful long message. And it came in English and then in Spanish, like it happened two times. Yeah. So I, wow. the, the messages are kind of different. Yeah. Um, but that was the main energy. And now a friend yesterday was so funny. She sent me this image of a church that they completely burned down in Chile in this riots that are going on now. It's like the whole country. And she's like, you know, I don't care what side you are on, but this is just like so violent. Like you can't. And I was like looking at this and there's part of me that I was like, yeah, you know, it's horrible. But at the same time, like I was like, there's a reason like the church is burning down and I could right. see like there's a mother Mary figure and there's like all these flames around it and i'm like i love mother mary i see her all the time in my records but when i was seeing her there i'm like well, sh you know whatever yeah <laughs> which wow. is kind of weird to be so disconnected from reality sometimes i gotta yeah. say yeah, i um, love that you saw um, jesus essentially with a, a i imagine something like a baseball bat yeah it was a bat a monument, that was it yeah right? so when i my experience with reading the gnostic gospels right if, if you ventured into the gnostic gospels they're basically these books of the bible that were taken out um, during the reign of Emperor Constantine um, during Rome. Yeah. And they took out really, really large, really important aspects of this Bible, including like the Gospel of Mary Magdalene. That's the one I, I've known, I've heard about. Right. Mm -hmm. And, and you know, if you've, if you've read that, uh, it tells a very different story of her role in Jesus's life. And we can even go as far as to say that they were partners at some point. Yes. Right. And she, and she was one of his most favorite disciples and he probably learned a, a lot from her as well, just as a person. They kind of seem like they were on an even playing field. But they also have like the Gospel of Matthew. And the reason why I bring this up is because the energy of the Gnostic Gospels is kind of what you said when you saw Jesus in this monument. It's like the, the church of God is inside of your heart. Yeah. And I think human beings do this it's exceptional job at worshiping sort of idols and, and monuments, and they forget the real point of mm -hmm. spirituality altogether. Exactly. Mm -hmm. You know, like when, when you were, what do you, what, we, what would you say is one of the main issues that you saw with the church growing up? Cause it, I mean, I was raised a, a Jehovah's witness. Oh wow. And Jen was also a Catholic, I believe, right? Mm, I was, yeah. well, my family's Catholic, but we weren't really raised in religion. Yeah. I always love the conversion where it's like we, we start in, in this sort of like fundamental sort of Christian sphere. And then we start venturing into these more esoteric, more new age type of teachings that, you know, put an entirely different definition to all of these things. So mm -hmm. what, what are some things that you saw in the church that kind of caused you to kind of question it? Yeah. Well, guilt, guilt for me is a big one. Yeah. Oh, the Catholic the fact guilt, that, you just, that shit is real. Yeah. yeah. And then you yeah. just come with that. Like there's mm -hmm. no like, oh, you know, you're born a sinner. Yeah. You don't even like have to do anything. It's just like, you know, <laughs> you're already choice. a sinner, but, you know, <laughs> didn't do anything, but you are. And it's just that for me was the main thing. Cause I feel like, you know, I'm not a very, um, I've, I've worked on this in my Akashic records. I've been an authority in a lot of lives. Mm -hmm. So I've never had trouble with authority but I know there's a big trouble with authority in the church. You know, there's oh, like yeah. this priest that tells you what to do. Right. And then there's yeah. also like, you know, the, uh, they're all men, right? Mm -hmm. And nuns, like, even though there's a lot of nuns in Chile, I never, never had a nun, you know, teach me anything or I don't remember being around nuns at all. They would be in schools, but there, it's not the same, like the, yeah. you know, it's not the same and that, that like inequality and not being able to like 
get married or just like all the rules. There's yeah. just so many rules. There's a lot of it's rules. like, you're not supposed to get a divorce if no. you don't like somebody. It's like, you're supposed to be miserable. Yeah. And we're here to be happy. Right. So it's like, that just, like, ended. I don't know. it doesn't make sense. For, right. Me. Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of rules that don't make sense in religion. I always think one thing. In every religion, right? Oh yeah. Yeah. One thing that I always found interesting about religion is that we, I experience God as like this infinite, eternal, like, like energy that is always constantly creating, always constantly evolving. So when you see something like a sort of dogmatic sort of principles of like the Christian church or the, the Catholic church, where it's very stagnant, it doesn't ever move. There's no sense of progression. Mm -hmm. right? Yes. And so if you experience God as this omnipotent sort of like energy that is constantly, basically a creative type of force, constantly moving forward. I mean, we embody his energy because we're always constantly creating. We're always shift. We're always changing and growing, and everything in nature, for the most part, does the same thing. But yeah. for whatever reason, the church stays exactly the same, and exactly it, it sort of same. like in, works in complete contradiction to how I imagine God to work. So mm -hmm. that's how I feel it's ran more by, you know, people that have a more dogmatic way of looking at it and egos. Everybody's yeah. egos. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And just like, you know, this, you see this in Chile a lot. There's like a lot of these old ladies and they're so they're like, I can't miss church. Like my grandmother, she thought that she, if she missed church and then she passed away that week that she would go to hell. Oh <laughs> yeah. <my laughs> literally. Yeah. Like, she was like, I have to go. Cause what if I die this week? And right. I was like, this is a woman who's around me. And I tell her and she's like, well, I believe you because I trust you and I know you and I know you wouldn't be lying. But like all these kind of like weird you know, rules that don't make sense. Nobody questions them. Right. And like, she's, you know, all these women of her age, like, and I love my grandmother, um, but she, she goes to church and she's like, you know, we have to be open and everything. But then she comes home and she's like, you look at these, like, you know, she's like so mad at the world and she doesn't understand different points of views that are not her point of view in politics and all these things. She's like talking so bad about people. So I'm like, it, yeah. <laughs> what did you just do for an hour in there? Right. Like talking about unconditional love. Yeah. Right. And that happens a lot. And you know, it does my grandmother, but it's like all the old ladies. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. I want to read this quote. This is another yeah. quote by um, Sophia that I was really compelling for me. It's called rebirth. And it mm. says something has to die in order to be reborn. When a baby comes into the world, their safe space begins to crumble. It gets darker. It is scary. It's chaotic. There's only uncertainty. When the baby gets to the other side, it arrives to unconditional love. It can finally breathe. Let's co-create this space together, united. Mm -hmm. I'm like, I, I channel those. So when I hear them, I'm like, oh, that's You're nice. Like, oh, I wrote that? That's good. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, what did that mean? <laughs> yeah. No, no. But like um, that, what what is what really resonates um, from that quote to me is the uncertainty part, right? Because mm -hmm. we're living in such an uncertain time yeah. and everybody wants answers. Yeah. Like even my mom, she's like, when do you think this will be over? Like since like <laughs> it started. And I'm like, I don't know. Like, you know, I connect, but I don't have like the answers of the universe. There's so many timelines. There's so many possibilities. Um, she's like, like who's going to win the election? Yeah. The <laughs> uncertainty, like people can't leave, live. And I, I understand it, you know? Yeah. Um, especially in quarantine, which we can't, we can't really do much. Right. We're like, should I move? Well, now it's like weird. Like what? And then should I change a job? Well, then now there's like not many jobs. So it's like a very weird time to live in. And everybody's like this uncertainty energy. That's yeah. how, how I feel. So we have to just embrace that. That's how, that's what I've been doing. Yeah. <laughs> we don't really have a choice. <laughs> right. We don't have a choice. Right. That's exactly right. And then after that, I'm sure like the unconditional love has come. And since I wrote that quote, I mean, I feel like I've been born and again, 
400 times this year. Yeah. Honestly, mm-hmm. I don't know if you guys feel the same. I don't know if it's something that I do a lot of spiritual work or, but I know a lot of people have been going through that just yeah. like rebirth. Oh yeah. yeah. I love that. And, and what comes up for me when in this quote is um, how, and I'm doing just a comparison between just standard Christianity and this sort of um, new age way of, of, of thinking is uh, their whole idea is this sort of like literal interpretation of, of, of dying and being born again, mm-hmm. as if somehow it just happens one time in your <laughs> life. And yeah. the same thing when it comes to Jesus. I personally don't believe that Jesus actually died on the cross. I, I think that he was very much alive and, you know, fled off to India and lived mm-hmm. and died in Kashmir and probably had an entire family. And I mean, that'd be cool. an entirely different episode. But in this type Ooh, of... Oh, you're a bad Catholic. In this, <laughs> oh my God. I'm not worthy, Jen. <laughs> I'm not worthy. And um, in this in this new sort of way of, of, of shifting and, and expanding my awareness and consciousness, I from my experience, those, those deaths and those rebirths happen continuously throughout my life. Yes. You know what I mean? We would, I guess, call that like a dark night of the soul where it's like there are always going to be pieces that we want to let go of mm-hmm. in order to sort of grow into the person that we want to be. And that's just sort of like this ever-expanding process. And there's not really a whole lot of guilt involved with that because that's just the way that we learn. Exactly. That's what I don't understand about the church. It's like they, you learn through really difficult experiences and they would call it sinning. But I see it as like, man, you got to, I've learned some of the greatest lessons from hitting the absolute bottom or being a complete asshole in situations. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, making the biggest mistakes, making the biggest yeah. mistakes are also your greatest learning, right? Yeah. And learning from those. And, and the other thing that I think is like, I'm really triggered by the absolute truth of it all. It's mm-hmm. like, there's only one life and then you die and then you're, and I'm like, well, how can you know? Like, how can you be so sure of what you're teaching? Like, right. Right. like maybe there's a lot of lives. Maybe there's not like, I've experienced a lot of past lives in the records, of course, mm-hmm. like with everybody all the time. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it's like the church, they just, they just say like, no, this is the way. Mm-hmm. And then this, this is the this way. This is the only way. This is the way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, how do you, how do you know that? How can you yeah. be so like, you know, arrogant to think that yeah. your way is the only way? I would never say that. I always say like, there's no, if you have another experience when I teach, cause I also teach the Akashic records. Mm-hmm. And when I teach them, I'm like, well, you know, you just go with your, your experience. If your experience is different from what I'm teaching you, you're in your records. Like that's your reality. That's your creation of reality. Right. Never take anything that I say as an absolute truth. Right. And the church does that so much. You're like, I'm just here to guide you. (laughs) That really triggers me. That's something that still gets me. (laughs) Yeah, it's like this idea that there's no other way of looking at it. You Mm -hmm. know, the beautiful thing about this this sort of practice and my expansion and awareness is that I don't discredit Jesus's work. It Mm -hmm. actually has more meaning now than it did before. 100%. You know, and the way that he lives, the one thing that his life sort of embodied for me is that it makes it more relatable because I realize now that he's actually just a regular human being like we were, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know? Um, So venturing off of that, though, I was actually curious about um, your work with guides. So do you feel other people's guides when you're around them? Yes. I mean... I, I'm not like all the time. Sometimes people are like, you know, are you seeing like my dead grandmother right now? And so like, I'm like, no, I would have to like sit down and tune in. Yeah. yeah. Um, but the first session I do is like a distance energy healing and a message from your guides. That's what I usually start with, with people with just knowing their name. Yeah. That's always so fun because then I call upon a guide of the, 
of them there. I don't know how you say that. <laughs> I call their guides. Yeah. And then um, sometimes I just have them. Um, you got to get those pronouns right. Yeah, yeah I'm like, okay, like, um, they're guides, so yeah. whatever. Um, but so, you know, guides come forward and I never know what guide is going to come. And like, for example, two or three weeks ago, I had one guide. It's usually, you know, kind of male or female or kind of alien. That's like, but the other day there was a fairy. So I was like, I don't know these people. Like, I'm like, well, your guide is a fairy. Like one thing is to have a guide, but then people, I don't know how out there people are because I've never met them. Yeah. So I was like, your guide's a fairy. And then the fairy's like, I'm going to talk in fairy language now. And I was like, oh no, like oh, I'm shit. channeling it. Yeah. I'm like, I have to talk in fairy language. And my voice was like, yes, I'm the fairy, you know, like, kind of like all that. So I'm like, this person, I don't know. Like, yeah. you have to really, really go for it. Yeah. Um, and then she's like, and now, so I just started laughing then because she's like, now I'm going to sing the fairy song. And I was like, oh no. Oh no. I have to sing? Uh, are you kidding me? Sprinkle some fairy dust on her. Yeah, I know. Time. I was like, are you kidding me? And this is all at a distance. So I'm not with the person. Oh, I send yeah. them the recording later and they're not on the phone or anything. I just yeah. record it for oh, okay. now. Um, so then I talked to everybody's spirit guides and, you know, that was a very interesting experience I had. And the woman was actually very receptive to that. She was like, that's beautiful. I felt so much energy with the song. And I was like, thank God, because I didn't even know what the song meant. And then yeah. I'm singing and I'm not a singer. Yeah. <laughs> that is so cool. Yeah, yeah I love what you, you, that was the, that's the first time I've actually heard of a, a guide being, um, something more of like a, a, a fantasy type of character, like a, a fairy. And yeah. I love that because when I read, um, certain books, they talk about, I mean, especially Mount Shasta, we had an episode about Mount Shasta and they talk a lot about these sort of fourth, fifth dimensional entities that live, even Sasquatch lives in this place. Yeah. And people, once they're tapped into those fields, they can see things like lawn gnomes, not lawn gnomes, I guess lawn gnomes, like gnomes. <laughs> I now like believe in anything. Like, and troll, like all those different things, they have to have come from somewhere. Right. Yeah. Right. And it makes me wonder if like maybe back then that's exactly what they were saying, something relative to kind of what you're saying. Fairies mm -hmm. and things like that. Mm -hmm. Yes. So it I've puts seen a gnomes. Spin. You've seen gnomes? I've seen gnomes twice, like in spirit, you know, like not yeah. actually seen it. But, um, and they're both the times they've been pretty mischievous. Yeah. So uh -huh. I'm like, oh, I don't yeah. know about the gnomes, but yeah, I, I'm open <laughs> to anything. I'm really open to anything at this point. I can't say. I remember the first time my friend, she, I was like, well, you know, I talked to spirits. She's like, oh, my sister sees fairies. Mm. And I thought, oh, uh -huh. your sister's crazy. You know, like, because yeah. oh, yeah. like, like spirits are normal, but, yeah. you know, fairies, fairies are, I don't know about that. Yeah. yeah. Who's, who, who knows what's really true? So, yeah. what is the weirdest thing that you've seen in the records? In the records. Okay. So, in the records. So what I, something that I think is very interesting about the records, is just like, it's a representation of your soul. So everybody's souls like different things. And there's this one, um, this one lady that I did her Akashic reading and everything was like the devil wears Prada. It was like a fashion, fashion, <laughs> wow. like, yeah, yeah, office. And it could see all the guides like walking through one side to the other, like taking clothes and stuff. And then like one guy greets you, but it's like kind of like the fantasy of her soul, like what her yeah. soul likes in this lifetime. Wow. So it's always like, I, I always think that's like, maybe it's not that out there, but it's really, um, it was really interesting for me to see because you yeah. don't expect that in Akashic records. You yeah. know, everybody's right. like the library and it's all yeah. serious. And but for me, it's always like just a trip. Yeah, it makes <laughs> you realize that God also has a sense of humor, right? For like sure. The, and mm -hmm. it's kind of like how we started the podcast where it's like there's a seriousness to spirituality where it's like people have a, a strict definition of what they imagine sacredness to be. Yeah. But I, I don't think that means losing your humanness. I think it just means balancing and 
kind of like living in the flow and enjoying life without getting too involved in, yes. too identified with certain things, right? Mm-hmm. So I love that there's this sort of feeling of, of that sort of whimsical sort of playfulness too, because that's how I see source as yeah. very playful. He'll show up however you want him to. You know, so yeah. that's, that's super cool. And yeah, joy, joy is that. such a big thing. And sometimes when I channel, I start laughing before, cause I hear the guides saying something funny and they make me laugh. Like, oh, I'm going to sing a fairy song before I even get to say it. So uh-huh. I start laughing. And once um, I had two of my best friends separate, you know, they, they were like, Hey, like, I don't know if you want any feedback, but like in your channeling that you posted on Instagram, um, it looks like you're, you're fake. And I was like, why does it look like I'm fake? She's like, because you laugh in between. Like, and I don't notice cause I'm like flying. And I was like, you know what? Like, that's just what I do. If I, I do. if I block mm-hmm. my, my laughter, then I'll block the information too. Right. You need yeah. to let it flow everything. Right. <laughs> I love that. So, that is so cool. there's a lot of curiosity um, with a lot of people, especially now I feel like people are more open to these type of practices. What are some ways that people can do this themselves? You yeah. Know? And I've read, we've read it in, in books and I imagine it's different for everybody, but are, what are just some practical ways you imagine people can tap into that? So the book, How to Read Your Akashic Records by Linda Howe, I don't know if you've heard about it. Um, that's like what most people teach nowadays. Um, but I got a new, that has a prayer and it has, it has like basic information of what you can find in your records. And it's pretty well written. I think that's a pretty bo- good book to start. Mm-hmm. Um and then I channeled a new prayer because that prayer she channeled was before 9-11. Mm-hmm. And this year I was like, I'm being called to teach. I'm being called to teach. And I've been doing this for like the first time I went in was, um, I would say January 2019. So it wasn't that long ago. So I was like, am I ready to teach? And my guys were like, yes, yes, we'll give you all the information. I was like, okay. okay. But then I was like going to teach in Chile. And then all this happened because I was going to go back there. Um, but anyway, so I, but I got my own prayer. And they taught me, they told me that this prayer goes, um, you know, it goes uh, way, it, it reaches a, a new dimension of consciousness, mm-hmm. way higher than the other prayer. And now I know that everybody's going to get at some point their own prayer. So my second level that I'm going to be teaching is on people how to get their own prayer to access the Akashic Records, but it's all with intention. And that's actually the first thing I teach It's like with intention, anybody can access their Akashic records, but you just have to have the clear intention and not doubts or anything. The way I teach some people sometimes is just to take an elevator, just like visualize an elevator. You go in and you just press the Akashic records floor and then you go in and it opens up in the Akashic record. And that usually works if I'm guiding, because I'm already like in the, I don't want to say it's going to work for everybody, but it might work for you. So try it. (laughs) <laughs> I love that. The, the yeah. intention is definitely there. Sometimes because we're also visual creatures, we, we have to do a practice like that, visualizing in yeah. order to in order to for that to inspire a more intrinsic feeling to to come out. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I'm curious though, you mentioned at the beginning about having a prayer and needing sort of the protection of a guide. Um what is the the the, the reason for that? Is there a, a certain danger that people experience you know, moving from this life into these much higher realms that would require protection no. like that? Um, I don't remember when I said the protection part. What did I say? Um, did I say it goes, no, you I didn't maybe use the word protection. protection. Maybe it was more of like, um, 
you needed a, a guide, somebody to assist you while you were there. Um, oh, that was the the other teacher that told her that you you needed somebody like a oh, a, guide like a librarian would come back down and yeah. give yes, you the information. Exactly, right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that's another way of accessing your Akashic records. If you uh, usually work with spirit guides, you can ask for an Akashic records keeper to come from the records. Oh, I see. Um, but the the good thing about the records is just a very like it's like going to heaven in a way. Yeah. yeah. It just feels like that. It's just yeah. very light and love, and it's like. All there is is light and love on any shadow you work on. It's transmuted in the love. So that's it's a really good place to actually do shadow work or work with low lower vibrations because it's a very high vibrational space. Oh, so you're perfect. always okay. very protected. Yeah, yeah. I love that because I think the reason why I bring it up is because things yeah. that I've read, um, it, everybody experiences it very different. But in some things that I've read, they kind of made it seem like you needed to either have a guide with you to protect you along this journey to this place. Mm. So. I think that's when you're astral traveling because, you yeah. know, in the astral field, you can get like, there's so many things out there. Right. Um, and that's what I think like the prayer, which mine is called the Pasco. They always tell me like, don't say prayer, because <laughs> prayer right. has a lot of like, you know, it's a very charged word. Yeah. Um, and, and that's been my experience through um, getting into that field is through astral projection. So mm -hmm. I can see where mm -hmm. it would make sense with that. I just wasn't sure if it was yes. different if you were to just sit in your sort of meditation and go directly there in like a waking state sort of thing. Yeah, I mean, if you, yeah, I, if you're doing it that way, I would definitely recommend getting a guide yeah. to guide you because you can end up anywhere in the astral world. Yeah. That's true. <laughs> yeah, so true. whenever you're accessing the records and you're getting off your, on the Akashic floor on your elevator, mm -hmm. what does it feel like? Do you get dizzy? Do you get lightheaded? Do you, are there certain feelings that are associated with your entrance? Yes. So sometimes I do prepare people and I, it has something to do with what you said about light language. When I'm activating uh, the Akashic Records and in the course, what I do is I bring down energy. I guide the energy to come down from the Akashic Records, enter your body and you start feeling it vibrating. And usually you get like a headache or, you know, a little pressure on top of your head or something like that. Um, that happens to almost everybody because the energy enters your your crown chakra and it's really strong. It's not mm -hmm. like an energy you've usually felt before. You can really feel a lot of energy. So that's mm -hmm. the first thing. And then sometimes I will see a lot, sometimes I won't see anything and I would just listen a voice. Um, the important thing is like, if you're doing it, I will say, don't get, we have so many expectations. Yeah. It's like, if I now, if you hear this podcast and then you try to go in your records and you're like, oh, but Sophia said she was reading words and I can't see words. Yeah. So like, we all get into that space. And I would say, that's like the one thing I will say, just try to see what happens for you. Yeah. yeah. I yeah. love those. Uh, and you see actual pictures. Oh, sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt. Right. So you see actual, uh, you said it's different every time you'll see, are they like pictures in your mind or are they visual? Are you just like seeing them suspended? Yeah. They're pictures in my mind and kind of suspended. But like yesterday I was, I, was, I don't remember. I was in my records and I could feel my, like my, um, my feet moving through a path. Like mm. I can sometimes feel those kind of things too. Okay. And um, I'm usually very, my Clary audience, I think it's called. It's yeah, very, sound. it's like my my main thing for me, mm -hmm. I found. Um, but in the records I do see, and I try to see, because people like to, you know, whenever I'm the grandmother, they're like, oh, what's my grandmother? How does she look like? And I'm like, oh, okay, oh, here. Yeah. I'm like, oh, the hair, like trying to, okay, show me the hair, you know, because yeah. it's hard for me. It's not the one that comes most naturally, but I do see, it always changes on it. So do you hear your own voice or do you hear the voice of others? It's kind of like my own voice, like in my head. Mm -hmm. um, but sometimes I channel and my voice definitely changes. I 
I'm training to do trans mediumship in the safe way because it happens yeah. to me sometimes. Oh, cool. Yeah. So, I, And that's something that we hear also too. And I think we talked about it a little bit in one of our last podcasts where how that information comes through a psychic or a medium. Mm. And a lot of the time um, it's coming through your own sort of, um, your own field. So it could sound like your voice. It could sound like something that it, it, you're creating yourself. So a part of that work is trying to differentiate between what is yours and what isn't. Yeah. Right? And that's the main thing. Like all my, I just did a podcast in Spanish for this, this same thing, imagination. Yeah. Everybody's so scared of imagination. Like what yeah. if I'm imagining? And I'm like, well, so what? Like you just need yeah. it to flow, you know, because we, we hear it the same way. So people have this idea that they're going to hear it like in another voice or like if yeah. somebody was actually there mm -hmm. and it, no, that's not, but we're not taught to receive that way. So it feels really really weird yeah that makes sense <laughs> yeah i love that and and, and one thing that we, we also was interested in was you in in the more practical sense in the more mm -hmm. grounded way you've worked in your spiritual journey into some of your work um, yeah. spiritual uh interior design yes yeah that's so cool. can you tell us a little bit more about what yeah. that is i mean what, what comes up for me is something like a, a feng shui type of vibe yeah so everybody thinks it's feng shui but it's not actually feng, feng shui yeah. um because um i grew up and my mom was very into feng shui and it drove mm -hmm. me crazy and yeah. because i would see her doing it from here fear not from yeah. love mm -hmm. so i do think like the elements and there's a lot that plays into that it's very true but the most people who do feng shui or like the clients that ask for feng shui they're doing it because oh, I need to get more money, money in my life. So yeah. I'm going to paint a wall green, but I hate the color green, but I'm just going to paint it green anyway, because you know, it says that it's all the rules. And it feels for me kind of like that same, like absolute truth from the church. Yeah. It's like the feng shui thing, you know, it's like, oh, and it's also uh, out of fear. It's like, you can't sleep next to me or you can't do this. And I'm like, you know, energy is always so different. Yeah. So what I do is I open the Akashic records of the homes and I read the energy of the home of what the home actually needs and what you actually need, not what a book says on, you know, your life and your land all these different things yeah um you have in uh, your instagram mm -hmm. um and I, I did my research i love that yeah, yeah. Like, oh, somebody reads it yes yeah. yeah. so <laughs> you have a three-step process for this yes can you talk more about what that is i know what it is yeah but i'm curious about um the three steps that you have yeah so the first thing i do is i go to the home and i open the akashic records and we will sit in the in the middle of the home and you know it's not that it's not very shamanic which i think is also something people think i'm go gonna like we'll go with bells and like a lot of sage and i do that but yeah. that's like a very small part of it what i do mostly is i sit down open the akashic records of the home and tour it like in my mind like psychically even though i'm there i don't move at first um and it's always so interesting i love doing it because we start in the front door and i will always see like you know, the, the energy of that, they will give me special crystals for the front door, maybe like a kind of flower, maybe this and that. It's always, it's always very different. And what I love about the front door is that they will always like clear the energy of whoever comes in. So they will put up like a kind of screen and the screen is always like so different in shape and form and colors. Um, and then I will go through the home and sometimes I pick up on little things. So there was once I was doing this, uh, for, for a couple and, um, 
I was like in the bathroom and I'm like, there's energy. Like, do you guys fight over the bathroom? They're like, yes, all the time. <laughs> you know? So it's like that kind of thing. It's like, you don't get that in normal design when you right. just go like, uh, cause I used to work in Chile. I used to work in interior design and in architecture. So I worked a lot in interior design though, you know, I'm 31, so not a lot, yeah. <laughs> but like seven years. Um, and I love it. I still love it so much. Um, but it just like, it has so much more that goes into it than just like making it pretty, you know, which is really nice. But there's always like, um, you know, I, I would start noticing that the clients didn't just need a new sofa. They were asking for a new sofa because they were mad at their husbands and they wanted to spend money. Like, you know, the weirdest yeah. things like, yeah. or divorce. Like I got really passionate at some point helping like divorced women re redecorate their homes yeah. because yeah. they're like, oh, finally I can do whatever I want now. Right. And uh, and they just get so excited and it's like a rebirth for them. So we do that. Mm -hmm. The first step is Akashic. Then we declutter which also is really important because there's a lot of energy in your things, you know, clutter is like energy. So, Oh yes. Yeah. I don't, I don't think I have to explain that everybody who's ever cleaned their home and decluttered or watched Marie Kondo knows that it's good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that clutter takes up space in your own mind too. It does. You know, yeah. it's like, you know, in, you know, subconsciously where everything in your home is. Mm -hmm. And I know that for me, whenever there's like either dishes or where I know there's a certain place in my home that needs work. Yes. It stays in that space. And, and it then, becomes like this option that deters me away from being fully present with what I'm doing. Yeah. And But once I go through it and I, I do it, I feel so much more open and clear afterwards. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I ha I do this meditation, which is kind of like really, you know, it's, it's very stressful because you will, the way I do it is like I have you sit down and just start expanding your aura, noticing the clutter that is around you. So like, yeah. even imagine like spanning your aura in your in your room, in your bedroom. Um, if I were to do that right now, even though I teach this, like I have a, I have a pretty good um, amount of clothes on a chair, you know? So I could just think about that. It's just giving me like, <gasps> like anxiety. And you start feeling the energy. So when, when I do that with clients, they will like, just, you know, get up and go. They're like, oh, right. Like they can feel the energy. You'd never tune into your things energetically. Mm -hmm. You yeah. don't really do it, but they all hold energy. Well, and vintage, don't don't even get me yeah, <laughs> about that. Well, vintage. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm like always cutting cords with the people who owned those things first. Mm. Oh yeah. So there's so much, yeah. there's so much energy. And once you read energy, and I used to go into so many homes when I was working in interior design and wanting to say all these things and I couldn't, yeah. you know? So yeah, then like, I was like, I'm just gonna do spiritual interior design. And now it's more of like spiritual clearing. Like it, we do space clearings and then I do just a little styling and, mm -hmm. but you know, it's mostly about the decluttering part. It, it, every day is a little bit less about the interior design, I have to say, because there's a lot of work that goes into that. It takes a lot of time mm -hmm. and I've been teaching a lot. So, but I love it. I love interior design. It's just so fun. So the third step, elevate, is what you're saying. You're just like yeah. bringing in a different type of energy into that space. It makes sense because I mean, whenever I get things secondhand or you know, something that we would consider vintage, I always think of like the energetic component to that. Like we don't know where these objects have been. Yeah. And I approach it in the same way that we would with like tarot cards or crystals. Mm -hmm. It's so important to, to clear the energy. I mean, it, I imagine if people don't, then you have, you know, haunted house situations. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. No, I know. <laughs> so when we moved into this house, um, the previous owners um, hadn't lived here for two years, but they left mm. all their stuff. Oh, wow. So when we moved in, the house was furnished. So we had to move them out before Oof. we could even move our stuff in. But they had a couple things that I thought were cool. So I kept them. <laughs> that was dumb. <laughs> um, and there's a big um, like hand carved mirror and it had doors over the front of it that would close. Yeah. 
um, to cover the mirror and it was over the bed before and it was huge and really heavy. And um, it was reflecting the bathroom. So um, when we started having all this like <laughs> spiritual activity here, I called a home healer to help. Yeah. And she said, there's a mirror that is a portal. And she was like, do you know what mirror I'm talking about? I was like, yes. Mm-hmm. She said, it's reflecting a bathroom. And I was like, it's not anymore, but it used to. Mm-hmm. I was like, I moved it downstairs into our living room. And that's where like the majority of the spiritual activity is happening. Yeah. And she was like, yeah, she was like, get some holy water and wash that mirror down and give it away. Yeah. <laughs> I was, like, was going to okay. say, no, get rid of it. Like yeah. I've had mirrors are the most common portals I see. Mm-hmm. And also closets. Closets. Yes. yes. Closets and mirrors are just, are portals. They yeah. really are most of the times. And most of the times with mirrors, I have to get rid of them. Yeah. Like they're, they won't clear. They won't clear. Yeah. 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 That's what she said. She said, just get rid of it. Do you yeah. have any more stuff from that older space here? No. I got rid of everything. Ah, so mm-hmm. it, Jen, we, it gets a lot of spiritual um, activity here in this home. Mm, yeah, I, I heard a little bit about it. Yeah, yeah. The podcast. Yeah, and it, part of it is the location, right? Because we're, um, this neighborhood is called Freeway Triangle. So we um, are in the middle of three freeways that intersect. So mm. um, with that intersection and the activity of the freeway and accidents and, you know, that energy surrounding that, there's... And the fact that you're a medium. Yeah. That also plays yeah. a huge part. Yeah. Whenever I, I, I space clear, I do a space clearing, I tell the people like, hey, are you open to me reading you? Because everything in your home is related to you. And people are like, oh, you're doing the home. And I'm like, well, who's fighting about this and that and this, you know, because the yeah. energy is in the, in the wall sometimes. You know? Yeah. They're yeah. like, oh, yeah. yeah. Like, oh. <laughs> I've seen some scary stuff yeah. in, the, in homes. Like, Have you? you? Oh, yeah. tell us about it. Yeah. I mean, what's the first one that like, comes to mind? That scares me the most. Like kids. when there's um, like, you know, for little kids, like uh-huh. dead oh. little kids. Yeah. You know, like in the, in the movies. As long yeah. as they're and, not laughing in the middle of the night. And then I'm like, you know what? I... You know, I'm I'm so happy that I don't see that I'm not clairvoyant, clairvoyant. Because oh, I yeah. would see the other day I cleared home, and I was like going to open the closet, and I was like, the realtor's kind of intuitive, so she asked me, and uh, I was going to open the closet, and I was like singing light language before I opened it. Thank God I was alone because she's like, oh, here's the lockbox code. Because I was like, oh, like oh, oh my God, yeah. Um, so I was like, I'm just going to clear it because I was recording it, and then I'll I'll get back to you. And while I put pause I was like singing light language because I was so scared to open this closet. I felt like in a scary movie and I opened it and of course like I didn't know what I was going to find but I felt the energy of like a small like six year old boy but like Aww. dead it was it was not good but but you know I love doing that because you can always clear it it's not and yeah. they're not bad they're just like there lost stagnant yeah. And, yeah, well there's always like different too. Yeah. yeah, sometimes they're they're pretty. Um, I had this little girl that was like really messing with a little girl that lived in a home. Uh-huh. Um, she was telling her to like climb over a tree or like weird things like that. Yeah. yeah. So that one was uh, it was it was interesting. I had to like really really help her cross over, and it took me like thirty minutes. <laughs> she yeah. kept coming back. Yeah, <laughs> you mentioned that, but it, it could be because of a uh, medium. And it doesn't mean just this this home. Um, those spirits or different type of activity I've been following Jen around for a long time. Oh, <laughs> yeah. you know, Texas, I think even when she was a child, right? Yeah. Yeah. Mm. But my, my house in Texas was, um, this house was very active, but my house in Texas was 10 times worse. Mm. And I lived there by myself 
And I was kind of, um, I was in my twenties. So I was still really wild and like drinking a lot and partying and, you know, Mm. just doing shit that you do in your (laughs) twenties. Um, and I would get roommates because I lived in this four bedroom house by myself. So I, um, my roommates wouldn't last longer than three months because of the, because of the things that would happen in the house. I mean, chandeliers, swinging doors, opening, you know, you could hear people talking in the other room, like clear, like we're talking, um, just things like that. And if you're not, I've kind of like lived around this my whole life, so it didn't bother me as much, um, but it really bothered my roommates. I bet. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And then in this house specifically, um, there was some trauma in that house, the people that owned the house before I bought it. And I didn't know this. The neighbors told me that it was a younger couple and um, she died of cancer and she was only like 34 and they had a, a young kid and he ended up hooking up with their kid's teacher. No. And oh wow. They moved yeah. one street away wow. and just left this house like empty. Yeah. And it was empty for five years. So I, the last two houses that I bought were houses that sat empty for a long time. You know what? That's very interesting. Cause I grew up in a haunted house too. And that was like really intense. It's a long story. Mm-hmm. But um but it was it was uh empty for a while. And then this house where I did the reading with the little girl that she couldn't even sleep in her room. And after I cleared it, the the, the living little girl, she she could go back to her room, but then um, then they, they were supposed to move and an offer came through, but they had packed all their things and things started happening again. And mm-hmm. I, I learned with that, that sometimes the energy of the, of the um, home will kind of open up if you're leaving. Really? Because I had set it up and like protected it and they yeah. were fine. But when they were gonna leave, they kind of like, there was something that told, oh, okay, it's good. And sometimes when home, homes are empty, you will see like spirits from the neighborhood come, come into the home. Yeah. Kind oh, wow. of like if it was, was an empty home. Exactly. It's like the same thing. Yeah, squatters. It doesn't have, yeah, like like spiritual squatters. Oh, yeah, spiritual that squatters. A lot. Yeah. I hadn't even thought of that. Yeah, no, and yeah. that, and I told my husband this too, whenever we bought this house, I was like, oh, this house is sat empty. I was like, I don't know. I don't know about this. My last house <laughs> sat empty was a nightmare. Yeah. Um, and, and it was the same thing. Actually, the um, the woman that cleared our home, um, she's in LA as well. And um, her name's Heather, Heather McCall. I don't know if you know her. Probably not, but just in yeah. case you do. Um, and uh, she said that she said, "Oh my God!" There, she said there was one main one, and she was like, "As soon as I got rid of him, it's like there was like forty spirits hiding behind him." <laughs> she was like, "This place was like a like a spiritual highway." Yeah. I mean, people were just cruising through. Yeah. It's like, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. So speaking, but it's yeah. So speaking of that, um, we have something actually really special. Sophia had agreed to prior to the yes, podcast, which she is did. she's going to do a live channeling. I'm so pumped on this. Of the Akashic Record. So if those spirits are here in this room right now, everybody <laughs> gather together. <laughs> everybody gather around. This is going to be a really, really pivotal moment. Because one, I, I feel like the people that are listening, it'll be something that they definitely need to hear, especially during this time. As far yeah. as I understand from the astrological point of view, this week as well as last week, super intense for a lot of people mm-hmm. and the rest of the year i'm like yeah. i feel like every week i'm like well this week's really intense guys <laughs> I was like, yeah. yeah 2020 yeah. yeah exactly so let's, let's buckle up um we're gonna go into this space i yes. don't know how long you want to do it but you can take as much time as you'd like um i might lose track of time so you guys can stop me whenever i'm like okay yeah, yeah. we're yeah. just gonna it, let you go yeah, I'll just see whatever. We'll open up the records of the podcast. We can do that. Oh, so we cool. can open up the records of the listeners of the podcast. Okay. Oh, that would be great. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so 
It's all yours. <laughs> cool. Okay. So what I'll say is like, I'll say half of half of the prayer and then I start just saying it in my mind because I, I drift off. It's funny because I channeled it, but I mm-hmm. I don't really memorize it in my usual mind. And I'll be here. I'm, I'm conscious, but I'll be explaining what I'm seeing and um, who's talking and who comes up. Um, I'm already seeing a lot of like, um, what is light being energy? Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, we've been talking a little bit about the light language. I don't think yeah. I'm, I'm not going to do light language unless they make me might start singing with you. Yeah. <laughs> Could you imagine? Um, but I'm seeing a lot of light beings around already kind of like they're, they're gathering, gathering. Um, so so what is the, um, could you say it in, in your words? How do you say divine, like the name of the podcast, Divine Nobodies? How do you say it? Yeah, it is Divine Nobodies. Divine Nobodies? Divine yes. Nobodies. I love how like, he's like, Divine Nobodies. <laughs> <laughs> you have like such a radio voice. He I does. Oh, thank you. <laughs> okay, so. <sighs> it is now that I become a vessel of Akashic energy of the highest vibration. I wish to view the listeners of the Divine Nobody's podcast <laughs> from the Akashic Records. And I ask that all beings communicate from love and light. I wish to honor the soul of the Akashic Records podcast. Okay, I'm in. So it is. Okay. So um, I went up instead of an elevator, kind of like a spaceship. <laughs> so clearly the light beings are there. And the way I see it is like they're energetic light, light, light ships. Um, they're not really like the ones that you would see, you know, in movies. It's more of like little light, light ships. Um, there's a lot of different, um, a lot of different ones. And you both, you guys both have one <laughs> in the records. You both have one kind of uh, ship. Yes. Oh, and Jesus is here. How how convenient. <laughs> um, yeah. So he's like, <laughs> you heard you were talking about me. He's so funny with me. You know, it's going to sound, I hope this doesn't sound re- disrespectful to anybody. Okay. So he's taking me between the two ships. One is yours and one is yours. Um, and we're walking in between. He's kind of like parting, parting, you know, moving. I don't know how we did with the water and stuff. Like he's moving, opening up the way. Um, it's really interesting. He's walking up. So what we're doing now is we're kind of like accessing the records. I always follow a guide when I get some point. Okay. He has like a big piece of paper. Um, it's a very hippie Jesus. That's why I'm laughing because he looks very um, cosmic, and he's almost like almost like wearing tie dye. <laughs> it's like very very hippie because um, he's here to talk about peace. Oh, that's beautiful. Okay, so um, okay, yeah. So I'm going to channel his message about peace in my own voice. Don't worry. <laughs> okay. Um, Okay, he's showing me first, before we go into the message, he, he, he's showing me that you two have had a lot of um, past lives together. You've probably been told that before. Um, but you've always kind of like, he's showing me um, 
two stairs, kind of like you, you get to step on each other. Like, oh, you help me, I help you. You help me, I help you. You help me, I help you. And you've been doing this for a long time. Um, this is why you feel that connection. And this is why you feel like um, there's like this, this connection from your heart to heart. Like he's showing me that too. Um, so this place, even though it's for the listeners of the podcast, it very much is for you too, because you're both growing from this and you're both leaning on each other and learning from each other. And he's laughing because he's like, they don't even know it. They don't even know it because it's like you do realize it, but not at the level that it's actually happening. Um, he's laughing. He's listening. He's laughing so hard. <laughs> I don't know why. Um, he just think it's so funny because every single word, every, every time both of you interact, you're activating these light frequencies. And he's showing me how that is traveling into all of the people that listen. Um, yeah. And he's kind of stoned. I feel like he's like, <laughs> he's like stone Jesus. I swear. It's like, so funny. He keeps laughing and he's like, oh, like, you know, like we're having fun. Um, yeah. So, okay. So he's like, okay, come on guys, sit around, gather around, just like, you know, chill, have fun. Um, okay. He's saying that it's, that what he really appreciates from your podcast is the light, light heartness. I don't know how you say that word, that it's lighthearted. <laughs> and um, because people are, because of the times we're living in, everything is very, you know, serious, like the news, like everything. You meet a friend and the friend comes with a serious face and everything's so serious. Like, oh, be careful. Don't worry. Like, what is going on? Did you see this? Did you see that? Even people who don't see the news, he's saying they're all so involved in it. You can't kind of get away from what is going on in the world. Like you would usually be able to shut off. Um, and things like this, where you get to listen, where you get to really expand um, your soul and just be in that container of light. You guys are both creating this container of light for people. This is not just a podcast or a recording. It's a container of light that they get to find solace in. I think that's the word. Um, yeah. Okay. So <laughs> I'm like, okay, should we channel now? He's like, okay. He's like, so chill. <laughs> I'm like worried about the time, you know, but he's like, who cares? Yeah. It's so funny. Um, like, who cares? Yeah, who cares? Um, okay, so let me just read what he has here. So I'm seeing like, just so you know how I receive information because I know a lot of people want to know that. I see Jesus and he's um, he has this like multicolor robe, kind of like a rainbow robe. It's very psychedelic, I gotta say. <laughs> um, and he has this um, this big, big paper. Okay. Dear listeners, what I would like you personally to know is that you're never alone and that you do not need to fear. Fear is being fed everywhere to you right now. And it is okay to be a little afraid, to be respectful, to be compassionate, but do not confuse those things with fear. Do not get in the way of your own happiness in thinking that there's too much responsibility on your shoulders. You're all being told, this is your fault. This is your fault. This is what you've been through. The world is here because of what you've done. And in a way, yes, it's true, but it's a collective of energy. And a lot of you feel like the whole world is on your shoulders. 
and that it's almost like hard to breathe because there's so many things that you need to fix. A lot of you feel that way because you're empaths and you're feeling everything around you. But I'm here. We are here in the records to let you know that it's not all on your shoulders. There's a lot of shoulders in the world and there's also a lot of light beings right now. Lots of light beings. So almost like for every human being, there's five light beings around the globe. So we would just want you to imagine that. Imagine how many ships, how many light beings are hovering over Earth, covering the whole surface of Earth. And they're all here to help you with this. But we can't help you unless you are open and willing and say, hey, help me. And you don't have to say exactly help me, but you can set the intention to receive energy. Just receive the vibrations. And I'm here because you talked about me, but I'm just really an energy. I'm really a vibration. But we're all in this together because here there's no space. There's no time. We are all one. We're all one universe. And we're all assisting you. There is so much help right now, but we can't help you if you don't ask, if you don't search, if you don't know. At this moment, if you're listening to this, you've asked for help in any way. You might have asked uh, with your intention. You might have asked with your heart. You must have asked. You might have asked when you were crying in front of the TV, feeling despair. But that is why we're here. That is why we're here to assist you in this time and to lift the veil of the fear and just pour in love. The problem is people around you, listeners, sometimes have a hard time letting love enter their bodies. And this is for everybody. It doesn't have to do with a political preference. It doesn't have to do with what your beliefs are, with what the way you think the world should be. It has to do with not being able to receive love and not feeling worthy of love. And that is what is at the core of everything. You're not open to receiving love. If you are all open to receiving love, just receiving love from wherever, without condition, without thinking, oh, love comes from that, or this, is, has, this has to happen, or this has to happen, you wouldn't block it and would, you would just allow it to come to your body. So... Feel how you move those blocks and just that, that stagnant energy so that you might receive love at this time because that is what we're here to do. That's what we're here to give you, just unconditional love. And it feels so, it feels so simple, right? Love, such a simple word that you see every day. But in reality, the only thing keeping you from that is yourself and Love is the most powerful force. There's a reason why you hear it every day. So it might be common, but it's very, very, very powerful. So to everybody listening right now, I have tons of light beings around each and every one of you, downloading love into each one of your cells. Just breathe in and just let yourself be bathed with a beautiful, loving light from the Akashic Records, coming down into all of your bodies, activating that. Know that this is available for you. It is always available for you. It doesn't have to do with Sophia speaking or you listening to this podcast. 
It is always available if you choose to open to it. If you say, hey, I want to feel love. And you can call Jesus, you can call Mary, you can call whatever aliens you see. You can call on anybody. You can call on your grandmother. Just call on somebody that makes you feel good, that gives you that sense of peace. Even if you don't believe it, just open yourself up to it because that is what we're trying to do. That is our main mission here on earth is to open you up to receive love and light. And we wish you the best for the rest of the year. Next year is going to be amazing for all of you. We trust that if you, if you open up to receiving our energy, it will be worth it. And we give you so, so much love and respect and thank you. Thank you for finding the way back to yourself. This is why you're listening to this message. This is why you've been put in this position because you are finding your way back to yourself, back to yourself, back to yourself, to your aligned truth within, whatever that may be. Everybody has different responsibilities. Everybody has different missions. Do not impose yourself on others. That blocks love. If you bring yourself, if you impose yourself on others, it creates stagnant energy in them and they're not able to receive what they need to receive. Have you ever thought that maybe the other person needs to think differently? Open yourself up to that. Open yourself up to unconditional love and compassion for all beings. That is my message to you today. And for you, host of the Divine Nobody's Podcast, thank you. Thank you for doing this work. We appreciate your energy. Know that your podcast has a place in the universe where you can come play. We welcome you here. And if you choose to, I will be waiting for you. If you choose to visit me in the podcast. <laughs> okay. <laughs> He's like moving away. He's giving me the peace sign. That's why I'm laughing. <laughs> it's like <laughs> such a stone Jesus. Like, what? That's good old Jesus. That's uh, so funny. He's like so happy. He's like so high on life. <laughs> okay. So they're moving me back. And it's actually now like I crossed over a bridge or something when I went with him. And now I'm like being, it's a slide. Like I'm going down a slide back. <laughs> um, I can feel it. Okay. So yeah. Yeah. They're closing it off. Okay. I was going to see if we could ask any questions, but they're like, bye. <laughs> I think that was an important thing message for the night. Okay, so let me just close the records. It is now time to disconnect from the Akashic Records frequency. I would like to thank everyone who communicated with us today. Thank you, thank you, thank you. The records are now closed. The records are now closed. The records are now closed. Amen. So how was that? Did you feel the energy? That, that was, was awesome. I was yeah. going to ask you to see if you can find out what kind of weed Jesus smokes. Right? <laughs> and I am totally like, I not need surprised. Some of that. <laughs> I am, first of all, that's hilarious that Jesus came. Second of all, of course we would get the psychedelic stone Jesus. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, I was like wondering if I should mention that because usually it like aligns with the energy of, you know, of the people. Yeah. So I'm like, do you guys yeah. smoke every time before you, you know, I don't know. Yeah. No, you know, what's funny Could is be. I was actually texting somebody the other day and you know how you have the gifts or you can search for gifts on your phone mm -hmm. and you actually search Jesus. Because Jesus come, somehow came into my family chat, and there was a, actually a, a gif of Jesus riding a dinosaur. <laughs> I swear, like, <laughs> this is. Jesus would have, yeah. 
He's riding dinosaurs all day long. Yeah. So now we have to do that same thing, but you have to do it again in Spanish. <laughs> Could you imagine? <laughs> so they always change the messages. I've tried doing that. And sometimes once I did it when this started for doctors, they were ha having a channeled message for doctors and uh -huh. I did it in English and Spanish and uh -huh. it was different, but the length was exactly the same, 944, wow. which is like my number. Oh, so wow. that was like really, really cool. It That's was like, cool. okay. And I never know how much time goes by really. Yeah. I don't know how much time yeah, went by. Oh, that was quick. It was on either. like... 14 minutes. But that yeah. was really beautiful though. Yeah, oh, that was, was really, really cool. cool. Did you feel the energy? Yeah, yeah you absolutely. You totally feel the energy on that. That's the Akashic Records, guys. <laughs> oh, that's so awesome. I appreciate that. Thank you, yeah, Sophia, for doing that. Yeah, of course. I hope, because yeah. I'm when I'm channeling, I'm like, is that enough? Like, should we ask more? Like, you know, I want to be in there forever. But yeah. they were like, nope, this is what they need to know. Sometimes it will kick me out. Like, they're like, okay, done. We're done. Go bye. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they literally do that all the time. <laughs> I, I love that Jesus came in that way, though. Yeah. You know, because he's a fun guy. He likes to party. Yeah. He's so fun. He oh, well, fun. I did this, um, this really old lady. So in my uh, Spanish group, I don't think she knows English. So I have one because I teach um, intuitive healing and Akashic Records and I have this three month program and we're like 15 people in my Spanish group. And then there's this lady who is um, like 80 and we're all like, you know, 30, 40 and uh, she's 80 and she's, she's like the best. She's so funny. So she's sending me a lot of her friends, but they're all like, you know, old ladies. Oh, yeah. So one of them is like very obsessed with Jesus, but she's like very religious, like her whole life. Yeah. So I did an Akashic reading for her and Jesus came through, but he was like, just join me here in the bonfire. And like, he's like, you see, I'm a cool guy. I like to have fun. I'm not judging you. Cause she had all these judgment. Yeah. Um, and well, one thing I feel like, Wow, this woman's like 80 years old and she's been living with her judgment her whole life. She's mm -hmm. never done an Akashic reading until this point. And now like you could see like her whole life back and how judgment has, you know? So that is why I'm like, so mm -hmm. I think it's so important to do this work when you're young. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, okay. But also she was saying that, that Jesus, uh, she was like, oh yeah, I've seen him. I've seen him there, you know, awesome. in the wow. bonfire. That's so, beautiful. Yeah. How about that? Okay, so we appreciate that. For people that are interested in, in Sophie's work, she can be found on her website at in, Inshallah. In, InshallahDesign.com. She's also on social media. You can go to her Facebook at uh, facebook.com slash spiritual playground. And she offer also, also offers the teaching. So if you want to learn how to channel the Akashic Records, she's also a Reiki practitioner. And <laughs> she also does the intuitive healer certification. And if you want to spice up your house she does these spiritual interior design yes thank i love you. that yeah so thank you so much for coming in thank you so much guys yeah it was really really pleasure you're welcome anytime thank you yes yes we're and gonna have you back yeah we're gonna you're have really you back. fun yeah yeah we'll talk about <laughs> just everything thank you so everybody much. everybody that's listening if you want to download our podcast we're available on spotify google play apple podcasts um as well as Pandora is going to be coming up into the field. We're on our iHeartRadio as well. And um, also on YouTube. So if you want to see the video of this um, podcast, you can go on to YouTube. Like and subscribe. Do all the things. Leave us a comment. And uh, you can also go directly to our website at www.divine-nobodies.com. Also our Instagram, which is divine period, nobodies period podcast. I think that's everything, right? That's everything. Yeah. Until next time thank you so much again Sophia yes, for coming thank in thank you namaste friends namaste